0: Al Jazeera Podcast.
1: When I was a little girl, I wished to be a sniper,
0: not like a princess. (laughs) This is Ukrainian soldier and sniper, Evgenia Emerald. She's also known as the Ukrainian Joan of Arc, or the Punisher of Russia. She's one of the more than 40,000 women currently serving in Ukraine's armed forces.
1: Women on the front is a recent phenomenon in Ukraine. War is no longer a man's
0: world. Women are breaking the mold of a typical soldier, but the military is slow to adapt. When women soldiers aren't battling the enemy and sexism, they're battling safety issues like uniforms and protective gear that don't fit because they're made for men. So while women's roles are evolving within the Ukrainian forces, some are asking whether change is happening fast enough and if it will endure after the war with Russia is over. I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take Today, I'm joined by one of our producers, Faranisa Kampana, has been looking into the story of women serving in the Ukrainian armed forces over the past couple of weeks, and what that experience has been like for them.
2: Hey, Faranisa. Hey, Malika.
0: So how did you first come across this story?
2: I actually came across this story while producing another episode for The Take. Uh, That episode was about women conscripts in the Ukrainian military. We spoke to a Ukrainian journalist at the time and we had wanted to speak to some women who were actually serving on the front lines. But as you can imagine, in the heat of war, it was really difficult to secure these interviews. But in the weeks since then, we've actually managed to get some of these women on the phone and speak to them about their experience serving.
0: Oh, I can't wait to hear what they have to say. So the war in Ukraine has been going on for just shy of two years now. And we know that there are currently around 40,000 women serving in Ukraine's armed forces. Now, that's a number that pales in comparison to the number of men serving. Yet there's been a lot of media attention, ourselves included, on these female fighters, and much of it very positive since the start of this latest Russian invasion in February 2022. But I wonder if it's been telling the full story of what it's like to be a woman in the Ukrainian military right now.
2: What have you found? So first of all, as you said, yes, women are still a minority in the Ukrainian armed forces, and they are definitely getting outsized attention in the media, simply because their women and their existence on the battlefield seems to deny um, traditional expectations of a woman's place in conflict. I spoke to this woman, Jessica Trisco-Darden, I'm an associate professor of political
3: science at Virginia Commonwealth University and director of the security and foreign policy program
2: at the College of William and Mary. One of the first things she told me was that from her research on this issue and in her experience speaking with Ukrainian women about serving in the armed forces, she's found that because of all this media attention on them, it's really unlikely that these women will speak negatively about their experience serving
3: service women, primarily female soldiers, have been really central to Ukraine's PR campaign in generating support um, for its resistance to the Russian invasion. And I think this puts an intense amount of pressure on women in the Ukrainian armed forces to speak positively about their experiences to present Ukraine as a progressive country that is improving women's rights, not only within the military and broadly. And it's just not clear to me whether that's the full story of what's happening on the ground in Ukraine right now.
2: But more than that, Jessica also thinks that by focusing so acutely on women's roles in the armed forces, it actually plays into a lot of gender stereotypes in Ukrainian society. So, for example, there was an article that came out recently where a woman was serving on the front lines and she was quoted as saying, look, you know, a woman can be on the front lines, she can do all of this work and still remain feminine.
3: So it's playing into a lot of these gendered ideas that women have an important role to play in society and they also have to look pretty. And they also have to stay feminine.
2: And it's really fascinating because Ukraine really seems to be struggling with this tension between the very objective need for women fighters in this conflict and the very traditional, some would say very patriarchal, gender norms that continue to govern Ukrainian women's lives.
0: So it sounds like it's still an uphill battle for these women when it comes to overcoming skepticism from society and from their own commanders and fellow soldiers about their abilities or their commitment to
2: fight. I definitely think it's still an uphill battle for these women.
1: Being a woman on the front has its fair share of challenges. not only battling the common enemy, but also internal gender discrimination.
2: For example, one of the women that I spoke to who was actually on the front lines when we called her, Svenislava Rima, she says that one of the more difficult things to deal with other than the constant threat of death and loss, are these stereotypes of women in the military. She spoke to us in a mix of Ukrainian and English. So a lot of what you'll hear is going to be in Ukrainian and some of it will be in English as well.
1: Actually, it's uh,
3: stereotypes about women in army. It's hard because uh, many men want to take my work. So that I could uh, sit in a warm, good place and doing nothing.
2: Svenislava is a 27-year-old trained architect from Lviv. But for the past 16 months, she's been working as a combat medic in the 47th Brigade on the front lines in eastern Ukraine. So what she told me was that when she went to sign up, she experienced pushback from everyone at every level. She said they tried to talk her out of it. They told her that she should stay home to be a warm body for a man, that she should cook borscht. And it was very difficult because they kept saying that men are more effective in the same positions and in the same roles. And she really did not agree with them. So one of the reasons why Zvenislava disagrees that men are better in these same positions is because she says that men, regardless of whether or not they want to serve, have to serve, because in Ukraine, there's a mandatory draft for men. But for women, it's a bit more complicated. So in October, a mandatory draft was introduced for women who hold a medical or a pharmaceutical degree. This draft doesn't mean that these women have to sign up to serve immediately. It means that they have to register and can be called up if needed. And women also are not prevented from leaving the country like men are. So for the women that manage to register and serve in combat roles today, they actually want to be there. And so this is why Zvenislava feels that oftentimes women are better at these roles.
0: After the break, the ideological and practical obstacles women confront while serving in Ukraine's armed forces. The Inside
3: Story podcast dissects, analyzes, and helps define major global stories, We get into the details with experts who explain how policies affect people. The Inside Story podcast by Al Jazeera. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: I'm speaking to my colleague, Veronisa Campana, our producer on The Take, about the challenges of women serving in the military in Ukraine. So, Veronisa, They want to be there, but it's clear some women, at least, are still facing some pretty major ideological hurdles when it comes to them serving. Women have been able to hold any position in the military since the law was changed to include them back in 2018. But in practice, there are still huge obstacles. Are there more practical day-to-day obstacles that they're facing as well? How easy is it for women to serve in the Ukrainian armed forces?
2: Yeah, so a lot of these more practical barriers that these women are facing are both very basic, but also very life-threatening. For example, ill-fitting uniforms and protective gear.
1: The surge of female soldiers so new and unexpected that Ukraine's military still doesn't have standard uniforms for women, meaning they're often handed men's uniforms.
2: So helmets, body armor, bulletproof vests, These are all designed for men's bodies and they just don't fit women's bodies in the same way and it leaves them vulnerable and exposed. In terms of uniforms, the only option women have right now is to wear smaller sizes of men's uniforms. And not only that, they have a hard time finding even something so simple as underwear that gives them the freedom of movement they need in order to do their jobs. And the military doesn't just have uniforms for women already? So the Ukrainian military actually has approved a uniform for women. But as of right now, they haven't started distribution yet. So Mm. that is still in the works. But again, it's very slow progress in a very dire situation. There have been some organizations in Ukraine that have stepped up to try and fill the gap. And so they'll either make... Uh, specialized uniforms that fit women, or they'll raise money so that they can locate them elsewhere.
1: There's a Mlochki NGO coming together to help female soldiers, sending women on the front care packages that include things like lighter body armor, tampons, and fitted uniforms.
2: But we're talking about, you know, organizations and individuals who are doing this kind of work and not the government who should be doing this kind of work.
0: I'm imagining if the uniforms aren't in order for women, then daily necessities like using the bathroom, those probably aren't accounted for either. And for women, we know that there are specific requirements that we need um, to ensure our hygiene monthly. So what is that experience like?
2: Yeah, it's a huge challenge. As we women know, it is very difficult to stand up and relieve ourselves as men do. And this is a problem in many situations, but mostly when women are in the trenches for days on end. But when we add into that uh, women's reproductive cycles, we're not just talking about using the bathroom. This is not only uncomfortable, it's not very hygienic.
0: Feminine hygiene is another challenge on the front line. All products have to be sourced by the women themselves, so volunteers have stepped in to help.
2: The woman I spoke to, Zvenislava, who was serving on the front lines, she says that she often spends three, four, five days at a time in the trenches, and she has to ask her comrades to either step away or to turn their backs on her when she needs to relieve herself because it is too dangerous to leave the trenches.
0: I imagine this is not unique to Ukraine's military, though.
2: No, not at all. These practical barriers go back to the fact that militaries around the world were primarily designed to have men fight in them. And what's happened in the case of Ukraine is that there's been this rapid increase of women in its armed forces. And while it's very much supporting the war effort, it's also drawing attention to some of these very niche issues that service women have faced in all national militaries for for many decades around the world.
0: So, Faranisa, at least for Ukraine, we know what people think thanks to a recent poll. So, in 2022. The Canadian Institute for Ukrainian Studies conducted a survey that showed the percentage of Ukrainians who agreed that women in the military should be granted equal opportunities with men increased dramatically from 53 percent in 2018 to 80 percent in 2022.
1: Women on the front is a recent phenomenon in Ukraine. While up to one-fifth of Ukraine's armed forces are now women, it wasn't until 2018 that Ukrainian women were finally allowed to serve in combat positions.
0: How does that shift play out for women in the armed services in Ukraine?
2: So to begin with, we do have to recognize that since the 2014 Russian invasion, women have always volunteered to serve. Jessica Trisko darden the academic we heard from earlier, says that
3: women are now allowed into the regular Ukrainian armed forces at much higher levels. Women have seen restrictions on the types of roles that they could have uh, in the army expand. So previously, Women were very strongly restricted to traditionally feminine roles, such as, you know, bathroom attendant, cook, medic, etc. They're now allowed to take on more combat active roles. But I think it's important to note that discrimination still continues to exist in terms of women's career progression, as it does in almost every
2: national armed service that allows women to participate. It also has to be said that even with these more expanded combat roles, women are still somewhat restricted. So, for example, women are now increasingly becoming drone operators because these combat roles keep them away from the front lines where they're not directly exposed to personal risk or loss.
0: Veronese, finally, what about when this war finally ends? what will progress look like past the war for the women that you've talked to?
2: Yeah, this was an interesting one. Um, I found that there's a bit of a divide in terms of what people kind of hope for and what they actually believe will happen. So early in the conflict in Eastern Ukraine, women were used primarily as a mechanism for shaming men into participating. Now, women are being recruited more and more for their very tangible skills. And what Jessica found in her research is that historically, war has been this moment of opportunity for women to take on a greater role in society. So, to make a contribution to the military effort, to their economy, or to gain financial independence. But, and this is a huge but, when war ends, those spaces for women often rapidly contract. And she thinks that this could be particularly true in the case of Ukraine, which has, in her words, Consistently
3: ranked in the middle of the pack in terms of gender equality and gender inclusion.
2: But when I spoke to Zvenislava about this, she said that she thinks things will be much more equal between men and women after the war is over. And this is because from her experience, And from the experience of other women serving in the military alongside her, things are already much more progressive just based on women being able to take up combat positions that were previously not allowed to anyone but men. I think it will be more equal for women and men. It's much more progressive now, when women are starting to take up combat positions that were previously not allowed to anyone but men. The attitude is already beginning to change.
0: And that's The Take. This episode was produced by Faranisa Campana with Chloe Kay Lee, Miranda Lin, Sariel Khalili, Sonia Bagat, Khaled Sulsan, David Enders, Amy Walters, Ashish Malhotra, Zana Bezer, and me, Malika Bilal. Our sound designer is Alex Roldan. Alexandra Locke is The Take's executive producer, and Ney Alvarez is Al Jazeera's head of audio. We'll be back.